The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rotoro Football Show. It is Patrick Doherty and Denny Carter back from the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio. We have a lot of news to talk about today. Two of the dominoes we've been waiting to, for to fall all summer. Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook finally have new teams. Dalvin Cook with the Jets, where we expected him to end up all along. Ezekiel Elliott with the Patriots, where he had been trending for the past several weeks. We will get the fallout from that, including what it means for the left-behind former RB1s in fantasy, that is. Ramondre Stevenson and Brees Hall, are they still RB1s? Is it over? for? Are they both retiring? Ramondre Stevenson (laughs) and Brees Hall. And got some other news. We're checking on Jonathan Taylor. He's apparently going to come back to the Colts this week. J.K. Dobbins is ramping up his practice. T.J. Hawkinson not practicing. Mike Jacecki's injured. Some of the weekend warriors from the first preseason slate. Denny, first, you know, most people probably consume this in audio form, so they can't see what I can see. But what I see is a new hairstyle. <laughs> the people on YouTube will be seeing this, and you might just say, you know, I thought it was time for a change. You know, I've had the other one for a long time. I know the real reason you're changing your hair. Yeah, and what, what it's is because, it? because I don't know. Seeing you at the expo, you're a celeb, and you are haunted and frightened by the experience, <laughs> and you are now trying to change your hairdo to become less recognizable. But I don't think it's going to work. You need to keep the signature hairdo in public and then do this new hairdo in private. So people can't recognize you. I just don't think this game, it's going to work. I I'm going to try. Uh, yeah. It's the first time I've changed my hairstyle since the second Clinton administration. <laughs> so I, I thought it was time every 25 years. I try to switch it up. Uh, that that's my rule of thumb with, with hair. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we're trying it. We're, we're, we're experimenting. I've also been wearing the glasses with the with the big nose attached to it, um, <laughs> so that people people won't recognize me. No, I mean the expo. The expo was a lot of fun. It, it was it was a ton of fun as as always. And I just I just want to say I appreciate all the drinks that were bought for me on <laughs> Friday and Saturday. I did not expect any of that, and it was a lot. And I'm still recovering, but I I do appreciate the offers. They were very nice. Yeah, that's why you feel like you were hit by a bus, why you were also literally hit by a bus Saturday <laughs> night because you were so intoxicated from the free oh, drinks come on. that were served <laughs> you. And, and what that means is I had uh, over two and a half. I know. <laughs> that's so, the dark secret. Yeah, yeah. I had three. I had three is what, what happened. No, not exactly. I had four drinks Saturday night and 
you would think that wouldn't lead to a 24-hour headache, um, <laughs> but you would be wrong. And it was telling me not to drink again Sunday night where I again had four more drinks though. And, and did you, uh, this is what, this is what people on Twitter always ask me. Did you consider just drinking water instead? <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, is it, do you think the water thing works? Cause I always adhere to the water thing. Me too. And I feel like it gets very mixed results. I'm starting to wonder if we just need to become like the world war two generation, like the boomers and like water. Well, even the, yeah, yeah, no, the baby boomers, didn't have a sip no. of water while drinking. No, I, no, I told no, my dad, no. okay, like I told my dad, I said Friday night went a little little overboard, and he said, uh, he said, well, you know, what do you mean? I told him, I said, well, but I had like ten glasses of water, and he was like, wait, why? <laughs> he didn't even understand. He didn't. No. Even I said, wait, you've never done that? He said, no. Why would you? Why would you worry about water? So Your it's, dad, it's of course, has never been hung over either in sixty-five years or whatever it is. It, it, yeah, it's a foreign concept to to these people, and, and, and we're, we're we're racked with anxiety about about the prospect of a hangover. So we're just gulping. Oh, I had one beer. I need to drink four glasses of water now. That's the way the math works. That's the analytics. And honestly, it's embarrassing to talk about. Now, there's going to be an article in the New York Times in the next eighteen months that. Actually, while having no effect whatsoever on the alcohol levels in your system, water actually makes hangovers 10 times worse. Right, right. And we've been yes. doing it all I can't wrong. wait for that to come out so I can stop doing this ridiculous exercise. Yeah, yeah. Denny is water. a real deal celeb, by the way. He was, you're like John Paul, Ringo, Taylor. Yeah. Uh, I know I know modern celebs, Taylor Swift. Yeah, this guy knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. I've heard of her. And I, now I have Ringo's haircut. So you know, actually, <laughs> you it works out. Um, so yeah, really, really fun time with fantasy football expo. Check it out next year real quick before we dive into the big news, a reminder about our draft guide with the NFL season quickly approaching. Now is the perfect time to get your Roto world fantasy football draft guide, get ready for your draft and stay one step ahead of your league during the preseason with updated player rankings, profiles, projections, mock drafts, and much more. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code draft 2023 to save 20% off at checkout. That is NBCSports.com slash draft guide, promo code draft 2023 to save 20% off at checkout. Denny, you know, the the long national nightmares. Uh, there's a lot of those ending recently, but of course, uh, the biggest are Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott finally having new teams. As we mentioned at long last, the New York Jets have signed Dalvin Cook. Brees Hall was going as an RB1 on underdog. I don't really know what he was going in more of like the, the home leagues, but yeah. it was high. And I thought it was aspirational all along. I write in the draft guide that I just promoted that I thought Brees Hall was a very overvalued summer pick just because this seemed like he was being drafted his absolute ceiling. And I think that was maybe before it was obvious they were going to sign veteran competition. So I I was out in front on truthing Brees Hall. But as we know now, with Dalvin Cook in there, he could fall like way too far the opposite direction. People could totally panic. Sure. He could fall outside the top 24, maybe even the top 30. Uh, And I – First of all, what does this mean for Brees Hall? Then we'll get to Dalvin Cook because yeah. a guy that people were relying on as an RB1 is right. not going to be that right now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so actually, to, to answer your question uh, from a second ago, in more casual leagues, he was going as RB15. So a, a little bit later than we would see in like sicko best ball drafts. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he were going later than that in, in many in many sort of office or, or home leagues. I think that he will he will drop uh, in the, in the coming weeks. I think that Dalvin Cook will probably get you know too high honestly in ADP because you know one of the 
one of the, the only edges we have to exploit in fantasy football anymore. You, you mentioned this at the expo, how everybody has become so savvy with all the information available uh, that uh, you just don't see like egregious picks much anymore. You know, like we did in the old days of it's like 20, 2016 or so. Uh, you don't really see that. So, but one of the biggest edges that remain are uh, early season volume. Okay. So, Yes, Brees Hall will almost definitely not have early season volume on his side. He could even be inactive for a game or two or three, right? And so Dalvin Cook will have a valuable role. You'll feel, probably feel pretty good if you drafted him as your RB2 or three or whatever. Uh, but later in the season, I think, is, is, what, is what we're looking at, right? So the idea of drafting Brees Hall in the fourth round or wherever he may go in a 12-team league is that you'll have him in November and December when the Jets are potentially making a playoff run and not really wanting to lean on Aaron Rodgers in like a hugely pass-heavy attack, right? I think I think they want to be balanced. They probably even want to be run-heavy if possible. So, so if you can look forward, if you can, I don't know, make up for Brees Hall's lack of early season volume, uh, you you can still you can still pick him and and, and sort of be patient. This is a very hard thing to do in fantasy football because when the regular season's 14 weeks, if say like, oh, he'll be back in November, you're writing off, you know, over half the fantasy football. Know, not He will be back before November, but you meant back in like a production sense in early November. Yeah. So he's not going to be on the pup list. So the Jets expect him back in the first four games. Uh, we're just not entirely sure when yet. The thing I, I worry about with Brees Hall is just is like, is it's, People are already kind of like promoting that as like the best case scenario. You're like, yeah, he's not gonna have the volume early in the season, but just wait to November and December. And if, if your best case scenario is something, you know, that is highly plausible, but mm-hmm. also highly speculative. I mean, right. what if Dalvin Cook is just an amazing fit in this offense? Who he looked washed last year. The advanced metrics said he was bad. He was still the RB thirteen by average PPR points. This is one of those veteran laden, like going all in teams. Like they're gonna be. If Dalvin Cook like is looking steady in the first six or seven weeks, I, I have a hard time believing they're just gonna like, you know, like oh, now we're feeding Brees. Right. And it just does sort of seem like that real second half surge, which Patrick Crane has talked about a lot, that, that he wasn't really as concerned about Brees because it's more about the second half of the season. It just I think it is a big concern for Brees that that, that is kind of like the best case scenario. Yeah, I, I I do get that, and and you know what, it, it it's worth noting this is an Aaron Rodgers signing. Uh, you know, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean he played against Dalvin Cook. Uh, you know, so that's all that matters, and he wanted him on his team. Um, and so the Jets the Jets did what they always do is they do what Aaron Rodgers wants to do, and so you know that that matters. Like if Aaron Rodgers wants Dalvin Cook on the field, Dalvin Cook's going to be on the field. If Aaron Rodgers wants Randall Cobb on the field. Randall Cobb will be on the field. He's he's calling all of the shots here. So we have we have to take that into account. But yeah, I mean, so the 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 path the path to fantasy success for Brees Hall got narrow got more narrow uh, uh, with this with this Cook sign. I just looked at Dalvin Cook's career game logs on Pro Football Reference, seeing like I bet he has nuked the Packers, you know. And Aaron Rodgers, like we got it. He didn't really nuke the Packers. He had two hundred and fifty yard rushing performances. But then they like really contained him a lot. I'm surprised Aaron Rodgers is so into this. 
Um, well, he scored. Uh, I think our producer Adam said that he scored nine touchdowns in nine games against the Panthers. Yeah, that he he scored a lot of tutters. There are yeah. a lot of tutters in there, uh, and he had a few really memorable ones. Twenty twenty had one hundred and sixty three yards. Twenty nineteen he had one hundred and fifty four yards. But I was expecting like every game to be like eighty five yards, hundred ten yeah. yards, <laughs> hundred and twelve yards. Right. It wasn't quite that he missed uh, three games against the Packers with injury. But I mean, who? Who finishes the season with more PPR fantasy points? Dalvin Cook or Brees Hall? I, I mean, I have to say Hall. I, I, another really, thing I, I mean, I just feel like I have to say Cook. And I know this is going to become like a boomer versus like analytics take, but <laughs> to me, it's just like reality. Like he's signed to be. It's it makes so much sense that Brees Hall would take over the backfield, but it is just like a lot more speculative than people want to admit. Like where Dalvin Cook is like. You know, two in the one in the hand is better than what is it? One in the hand is better than two in the bush. He's the one in the hand right now. I think that's that's correct. And and we we have to look up that phrase real (laughs) quick. Uh, (laughs) Are there any sixty year olds watching? Yeah, please reach out to us, please. We know you don't know how to use the internet, but please reach out. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, look, I also think I also think that it matters. Well, you know, this isn't this is Aaron Rodgers' team. He's basically the the GM. Uh, It also matters that. Dalvin Cook was signed after kind of being rejected by by multiple teams. Uh, Only for to, money purposes, though. They all probably think he's still like got that dog in him. But know? he's tw- he's twenty eight, chronic shoulder issues. Um, last month, uh, uh, Diana Rossini from ESPN reported that one of the hangups between the Jets and Dalvin Cook, which th- those negotiations lasted for eight years, really. They really it was like and, longer than like a, a peace process. Yeah, and and uh, the re- one of the big hangups was. Dalvin Cook's likely role in the New York offense. He, I think that he, the, the, the implication was that he thought he would be signing as the unquestioned lead back. And they were like, no, that's not, you, you're going to have to split. But back is he, I mean, it's like, it's worth like almost up to 9 million. I wonder what the base, but the base level is probably like at least like 5 million. It, it, it's um, six. It's around six. I mean, that's, that's, that's starter money. I mean, that is starter money just to be perfectly frank. Uh, yeah, I don't it's like also it is also like imperial phase money. Like we're all in money. Like we can afford to pay a backup running back six million dollars. But I it just this is such a hard one because we love Brees Hall. He was ridiculously explosive and efficient. But we just saw this movie with J.K. Dobbins, and 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 unlike the Ravens didn't sign competition, yeah. and the Jets actually. I just. You know, I, 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 I will say, I, I think that Adrian Peterson ruined us forever on the ACL injury. He did. Um, um, as fantasy managers, we're ruined. We can never, ever look at it the same way. Like, you know, six six to nine months recovery time for these guys is not it's not a lot. Many would say it's not enough. I read a, I read a paper, doctors in Europe think that the NFL is crazy for putting these guys back on the field six to nine months after the ACL tear. Tear. That's a two-year injury for 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 like soccer players in Europe, okay? And and yet this is what we see every year and every year. We, well, if he's on the field, I want him. And so I, I'm just very hesitant to go. I am hesitant to go all in on those guys. I do. I think, I think that, Dalvin's going to outpoint him. Unfortunately, I just do. I do. I I, I have to say that Brees Hall's late season prospects, I think, could be worth the pick if you can then go get guys it's just so speculative like why would i be drafting someone like the fourth or fifth round like november like it's gonna if you can get so if you can get running backs who 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 can suffice you know for for a while you know a a pacheco your guy 
you know, a, a, a uh, I'm trying to think of other James Cook, you know, like like guys in the middle to late rounds who you could P Ryan plug in, play a little bit. Please, Brees, get back. I just think that move. works. That works a lot better in fantasy baseball where the, the season is 69 months long. Like <laughs> football after the end of September, like the season's a quarter done. Like, and yeah. like you might feel like you have all season to fix your team, but you really don't. No, and you you're don't. also in a situation where like if you have Brees Hall and you're like, you're counting on big point returns like later in the year, then you're by definition, you're using fab like probably overly aggressively on like kind of like <laughs> the mediocre backs that come on come on the wire in September. It just, I, I feel like it makes so much sense because it is very plausible, but there's just a lot of dot more, much more dot connecting than I think people are willing to admit is required to say like Brees still greater mm-hmm. than dot. And I, I want it to be true. I swear I'm not a boomer on this, but no, no, I get it. I mean, I, I desperately want it to not be true. I, you know, like to, for Dalvin, not, not to be a thing. It just seems like wait till 2024 with Brees Hall to me, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how I've been approaching it, but I think I've been approaching it all summer and we'll, you know, continue. If he's going to be pushed down now that Dalvin cook has signed, you know, I'm sorry did I disappear here for a second. You're still here. No, we, you wish you had, (laughs) I mean, if he's going to be pushed down, then I'm, I'm interested. I'll say, yeah, you wish you, you were like panicking and then you acted like your internet was freezing. (laughs) No, I've, I, lost, I've lost the debate once again. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be like, I barely even gave an answer. You at least gave an answer. I'm just like, I don't know, Jim. Uh, but I think my answer is that I unfortunately think Dalvin will outproduce Brees Hall and that his ADP will fall a lot, but it probably won't fall enough for me. And it's just an always very seductive and always very incorrect approach in fantasy sports and thing to bet on injured player. It makes a lot. We, we hear the, you hear the best arguments, including from Patrick Crane in the best ball space where there you really can do it because you, you know you don't have to worry about like making the start sit decisions and yes, the running backs. That's will, right. And like where the end of the season is so important in best ball. Right. But in, in redraft, you ha- in order for someone to contribute in the playoffs, you have to make the playoffs, and you're making it very difficult to make the playoffs if you're using a premium draft pick on someone who's like barely going to contribute. Well, and, but but I mean, you're t- I'm talking about like I could see Brees Hall being available I, in the fifth round in twelve team leagues. I, I I'm okay. That's still that. a premium pick, but I, I'm I'm also taking it too far. I mean, Brees Hall will probably off the jump. I guess be getting ten to twelve touches. So I, it's just maybe. a situation where I don't I don't have a very good answer. Really but maybe not. I mean, I really I really if it's Sunday morning on week one, I would not be shocked if he's on the inactive list. No, no, he probably he. It seems like he's gonna miss a game or two, maybe. But this is one of those times in fantasy football where like my like my fantasy conservatism could come back to bite me because mm-hmm. it's I'm only seeing the negative case with Brees Hall. Where well, the positive case is it. very real. Listen, uh, in regard to your fantasy conservatism, you got to get woke. I know, so please. I do need to and, get woke. And, and please just draft Brees Hall once. <laughs> need to get woke. <laughs> really, really, really need. To, I will never draft draft Brees Hall uh, <laughs> at least once. I will never do it. This next one is. I mean, I feel like even more confusing because we said at long last the Jets signed Dalvin Cook. At long last, the Patriots have signed Ezekiel Elliott as the early down compliment to Ramondre Stevenson that they've been telegraphing for months that they just felt like they had to have. Ramondre has been going as a top 10 RB1. He, yeah. Unlike Brees Hall, there's like no chance Ramondre falls out of the top 24 running back. Probably no chance he falls even out of the top 18. Right. But because, you know, this isn't like this isn't uncharted territory for Ramondre Stevenson. He had an early down compliment in Damian Harris, but he was hurt a lot. Ramondre kind of dispatched uh, Damian Harris last year. Zeke, you know, is we, we've seen him. He's 
uh, even more on his uh, Dalvin Cook. I feel like could have like a, a rejuvenation season in him. Maybe Zeke, there's no rejuvenation season coming. Like it's been de- dead legs for years, which I hate to say about Zeke, who has been such a good player, such a tough player. I think to yeah. his detriment, he played oh, yeah. too many injuries. Yeah, and kind of cut his prime short. Uh, what what does this do to Ramondre Stevenson? If anything, are you still comfortable with Ramondre as a top twelve running back? I, I I honestly I don't know. No, not as a top twelve. But but you're not going to have to draft him as a top twelve. I don't think uh, after this news. So I don't know. Brees is going to free fall. I, I think you're just hear a lot of people say what I just did. Like, well, this isn't even anything new for Ramondre. He already had an early down compliment. Okay. And, okay. Uh, I, I don't know. That, that makes sense. He'll probably he'll, he will initially fall out of the top twelve. That is true. The, the initial reaction will be yeah. panic, and he'll fall out of the top twelve. All right. So so the big thing is Ramondre is not going to score a touchdown this year. That that's that's the initial reaction. And you know our, our own Zach Kruger wrote a really good piece on the Roto World site right now. I, I recommend everybody check that out. Uh, I'm trying not to butcher what Zach said, but it was it was like this. Ezekiel uh, Elliott has been really good at the goal line over the past couple seasons. And Ramondre Stevenson has been really bad he has. at the goal line. Now, I will say, I just want to I just want to put this out there. The analytics say that goal line performance is completely fluky and not predictable at all. Okay. So I don't think it matters. The Patriots do. Obviously Bill Belichick has never seen a number, one number, uh, in his an- analysis of his team. <laughs> so so he you know he wants he wants he Ezekiel Elliott. To, to, to hammer home the touchdowns, and that stinks. But we just interviewed a Patriots beat writer last week. Do you remember his name, Denny? It's Phil, Phil Perry. It is Phil <laughs> Perry. I, I, knew it, I knew it was Phil, but I couldn't remember. Okay. Phil I'm Perry. sorry to embarrass that was the, no. it was Phil Perry from uh, NBC Sports Boston. Yes, one of, one of the best beat writers out there for the Patriots. Phil Perry said, Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien's offense is going uh, to check down to Ramondre Stevenson going time woke. and time and time again. And and that and that's gonna ha- and that's still gonna happen. Look, uh Ezekiel Elliott had like 12 catches last last year. Uh, he's he's not gonna be catching those check downs. So from a PPR standpoint, I think Stevenson still is very much live. Yes, okay, like he has he has that touchdown base upside completely capped right now. But you know, I'm I'm still good with him as like a top. 12-ish guy. I think I'm still good with him like the 10 to 14 range. And what it really means is like the next level isn't coming. Like he is going to be stuck in like the yeah, five to six yeah, touchdown probably. range. And he probably is not catching. He caught 69 passes last year. Not very efficient as we all. I mean, he averaged only six yards per catch. I mean, this was in a horribly designed offense. Some of that will probably come up just by virtue of being a more like sensible, better sequenced offense. But it is possible that they've decided maybe he's not even that efficient as a pass catcher, and they would like yeah. to get that number down. And they want more of those receptions going to receivers. Uh, so you go. Yeah, no, no. I mean, he was third in in running back targets last year in a completely dysfunctional offense. Now he's in one that 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 you know prioritizes the screen pass to to the to the running back. I I honestly think that it's in his range of outcomes where he leads the league and running back targets. I know that sounds insane because you have uh, Christian yeah. McCaffrey. I don't think that's going to happen. In Austin Eckler. But I'm but this offense w- is is going to take a big I think a big jump this year. So you're going to have more plays, you're going to have more designed um, you know passes to to the running back and that's all Stevenson's area in that offense. And the thing is it doesn't even need to take a big jump. It just needs to take like a modest like half leap. Like it just yeah. needs to be yeah. even vaguely better. And they will all see the benefit from it. 
Hey, Ramondre, yeah. I, whereas Breesaw, I am very concerned. Ramondre, it doesn't it just doesn't really change that much. Uh, it changes it. It doesn't change his status quo. It does change the fact that where some people were maybe hoping they weren't didn't sign anyone and he could go like totally supernova and be a, a three down back. So like, it does change the fact that there's not like another level to his game this year now. But the baseline is still that of an RB one. And I mean, on, yeah, on the on fantasy pros, Stevenson is RB ten, so that might be a little rich. I mean, he's going ahead of like Gibbs, Mixon, Aaron Jones. You know, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's he, that's gonna be a tough one. Gibbs, I would take him ahead of Mixon. Gibbs, I'm starting to get like summer excitement syndrome. I could you tell. Should, you should probably know. <laughs> I know you saw me take him in the fantasy football happy hour mock draft that we were currently okay. conducting. Um, but he's gonna fit. I would take him over Gibbs. No, I don't know. Man, wh- why did I take Gibbs over Stevens? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Uh, that's funny. I mean, I yeah, I was like, ooh, Pat's getting aggressive on Gibbs. Yeah, I did get aggressive. I was shooting for upside because I got, got killed on the I got killed on the wide receivers. So instead of taking like meat and potatoes running backs, I took an upside running back. No, you got to have your meat and potatoes. Come on. Yeah, you do always have if you, meat if you want your pudding. Do people still eat meat and potatoes? Um, that's another thing. Zoomers will never eat a potato. No, uh, never even seen a potato. Starch, uh, potatoes are carbo loading, right? No, potatoes. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, no. Uh, Zoomers have never had one carb. No, they uh, haven't. Yeah. They they eat only meat. That's why they are never full. <laughs> <laughs> Zoomers will never have a carb. That's why all day they're drinking seventy seven ounces of water. That's right. Uh, Four hundred ounces of water and steak nonstop. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's the paleo diet is, is what I've been told. You got to have one carb, just one, one carb. So I guess, I don't know. Did we even put a bow? Like, did we even say anything on the two running? I think we did. But I think what we also said was that it is complicated. It is very, very. Oh, like, it is. Two situations where you're not really going to get a silver bullet answer. As much as we want one, um, it's just like there's no true like silver I, bullet answer. to easy I will say, I like if you're doing your drafts this coming week, right, and you're in your home league, and Steven and Stevenson's available in the third. I'm I'm pulling that trigger. I, I'm I'm drafting him in the third. That makes yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Because Ramondre too, you know, even I as a quote expert, even I as someone who reads the news all day, when it first happens, it's hard not to feel like, oh damn, like yeah. this really stinks. Because I Ramondre is like the linchpin of my dynasty team. Then after I had time to like develop my actual take, yeah, I realized mm-hmm. that this really isn't that big. It's a big deal if if you wanted him to go supernova. Not a big deal if you just want him to be Ramondre Steve. You know what it sounds like you're doing, Pat? It sounds like you're coping. Yeah, I kind of does. I am I am coping. You're crying and coping once again. I will I will never cope. I will I, was just, <laughs> just, I have come from a, a great lineage of Irish German Midwesterners who only bury, 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 bury ever deeper. Who have never cried nor coped. They've never cried nor coped. We eat <laughs> lots and lots of potatoes. We eat um oh, yeah. Potatoes are one of the staples of my diet. Um, I carbo load on the potatoes. Which you, and which means that you were born in the 80s. That's all that I was. It's true. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Uh, I don't even know which topic to get. Do we want to talk about Jonathan Taylor or Anthony Richardson next, Denny? Uh, let's go Richardson. We'll go Anthony Richardson where the Colts have finally ended Denny's Gardner Minshew delusion. You keep trying to like <laughs> put the, the idea out there that Gardner Minshew might start games this season. Uh, it's just not. It's not happening. It's you not are happening. you are a, 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 just a committed Gardner Minshew hater. <laughs> it's not even though I can grow his same mustache. Curious. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's um, funny. It's curious. It is uh, very curious. Yeah. I, so are you taking? Where are you at on Anthony? I feel like you were. You've been excited by Anthony Richardson. Yeah. We know he's starting now, so that'll probably lead to a modest jump in AB ADP. But I, there's been people making like the very good point on on Twitter, like pointing out like like the actual amount of rushing stats he would need, like returns ADP. Like it is like insane. You know, he'd probably need like nine or 10 rushing touchdowns. He'd probably need like 800 rushing yards to really get close, to, like returning on his ADP. Just how comfortable are you taking Anthony Richardson? All right. Look, uh, right now Richardson is going after Geno Smith, after Kirk cousins and after Aaron Rodgers. Now, if you, if you want to finish fifth in your fantasy league, you take you should take those guys. Okay, nice safe floor. If you want that floor, you got that safe floor. You got Kirk Cousins, two hundred ninety yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. That's your floor. If you want to win your league, you take Anthony Richardson and and you let it fly. And if it doesn't work, then you scramble and you figure out another planet quarterback. But if it works, you're feeling great about but your it team. Might, it might work for us. In, but it has worked. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm kidding. I know, I'm kidding. I am kidding. It, it works no. all the time. Yeah. Every year we have this hyper uh, athletic dual threat mobile guy, and we're like, oh, I don't know. He might not start. He might. I mean, that's what I was doing. I was hedging my own bets about Richardson, even though I was also excited about him. I was having an, an inner inner turmoil about Anthony Richardson. Obviously, the wheels, as the Zoomers say, are up now that he has the starting job. And, and, and by the way, this whole thing about well, we didn't see much in preseason. He completed 7 of 12. He had one bad throw. I, I, I grant you that. He had two rushes. They're not going to show anything. They're not going to show anything about the way that, that the Colts are going to use Anthony Richardson as a rusher in the preseason. Nothing. Okay? So in week one, we're going to see it. And in week one, it's going to be marvelous. Uh, beautiful. Denny, I put a take out there at the expo on one of our panels where you were you were here for this, and it plays into a take you've been having all you've been very skeptical about Michael Pittman's fit with yeah. Anthony Richardson. And I, I said again, like you know, couching everything, I said I didn't think it was the most likely outcome, but I thought there was like a higher percentage chance than I probably wanted to admit that Alec Pierce might become the Colts' number one receiver this year. 
Mm-hmm. Do you think that's crazy? What do you think of that? I, <clears throat> well, look. He's, he's a I, better I, with the thinking being is the pure downfield threat. He's a much better fit with what Anthony Richardson is good at right now. And that Michael Pittman uh, just he, he's not gonna be the compiler he was the past few years with Anthony Richardson. And just that with what the Colts need to do in 2023, Alec Pierce might be a better fit. I don't think that it's like completely out of the range of outcomes that Alec Pierce scores more fantasy points than than Pittman. I, but I will say that it'll be in in a completely different way than than Pittman scores points, right? Yeah, not in a PPR friendly way, no. No, it's going to drive you insane. Actually, it would be. It would be like kind of like old MVS, maybe old like Deshaun Jackson. I'm yeah. trying to think of a few better comps. Yeah, somewhere in between old school Deshaun Jackson and Marcus yeah. Valdez Scanlon. Look, he's going to have uh, Pierce is going to have a crazy a dot, crazy yards per target. Like, and not a lot of volume. This 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 team could be among the two or three most conservative, most run heavy offenses in the NFL, right? So, so yeah, I mean, Pierce is often going to have three to five targets. If he catches a long one, you feel great. You feel great about starting him in your lineup. If he doesn't catch the long one, you feel pretty awful. And you're kicking yourself and you're saying, why didn't I start the guy who caught six passes for 80 yards? You know what I mean? So you, 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 you have to prepare yourself for that. Pittman will be, I think, more consistent, okay, in the, in, the, in the kind of targets he gets. But as far as volume and where Richardson wins a, a, as a thrower, that's all, that's, that's all Pierce. Yeah, like the best case scenario for Alec Pierce in 2023 is probably like a, like a poor man's version of like A.J. Brown's rookie season where A.J. Yeah. Brown had like 50 catches for 1,000 yards – Pierce would probably be more something like 60 for 900 or something because he's just not that explosive. He, he's a, he's not as explosive as AJ Brown is what I meant. And I don't think he's – is he known as like a yak guy? I don't know. No, maybe he's not. All, maybe all deep threats are in theory kind of yak guys, but yeah. he's not a tackle-breaking yak guy. And you're kind of hoping for like, yeah, the poor man's version of AJ Brown's rookie year, which well, used to be a very common type NFL season. You go back to like these like 60s through 80s game logs, like – all the time, like someone have like 55 catches for 1,099 <laughs> yards and right. like 11 touchdowns somehow. Right. Um, but the pure deep threat doesn't really exist in the game anymore. So, yeah, Alec Pierce is someone I do find myself taking fairly frequently near the end of drafts. Just on the off chance this happens because it, it makes sense to me. Uh, so, in redraft, he's going to be very difficult. In, in best ball, He's great. Like he's, I, I, he's the quintessential I, hashtag better investor. I, I, I actually will not leave a draft without Alec Pierce. And and if someone else drafts him, I go to their house and knock on the door and I say, "Undraft him." I'm I'm taken. No one has ever been betterer in best ball no. than Alec Pierce has. That's right. Uh, he's missed me yet in best ball. He's that kind of guy in best ball. So uh, you will not miss us yet. We'll be right back after this. MLB Sunday leadoff heads to Texas, where the Seattle Mariners take on last year's World Series champions, the Houston Astros. Watch these two teams not only battle for position in the AL West, but for the postseason as well. Catch the action live this Sunday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. If you're listening on the podcast, you won't hear the, the snafu I had during our promo read. You'll... It was never horrible. know what it was. It was, it was horrible. He forgot what the Astros' name was. No, I saw Texas and just assumed it meant the Rangers, but it was the Astros. But uh, we edited it out, so you didn't hear it. But then I talked about it, so you found out about it anyway. <laughs> That's what <laughs> so, we call a self-own. It was a, a the selfest own 
I've ever had. Denny Jonathan Taylor is what was the Jonathan Taylor news? He's coming back to practice or something. Finally, he didn't get a high five from Gardner Minshew. That's the really is that for real. Yeah, yeah. Minshew uh, decided to high five everybody else but uh, Jonathan Taylor. That's really really messed up. That's leadership too. Am I right? It is. Yeah. Am I right? No. He, he has returned. He, he's returned to Colts camp. Jonathan Taylor. He's still on the active pup list, uh, but he's back. Uh, I, I have. Still not really concerned about Jonathan Taylor. No. Do you feel better about Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins? Let's start there. Well, I mean, considering that you you have to blow a hole in your roster with Jonathan Taylor, I'll go with Dobbins. Like, you, you mean you know Taylor's not going to slip to like the eighth round or anything. Like you you have to you have to decide on him in the second or third round, right? So, he was the he was the one one last year. I remind you, the one so, one. And just just no thanks. Honestly, no thanks. You're no, you're no thanksing the 24 year old one one from a year ago. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not, I'm not interested. In an it's offense like, where a Colts beat reporter came on the show, yeah. and told us they could run more than any team. In the I mean, Anthony game. Richardson's going to lead the team in rushing touchdowns. He is not. I'm, I'm <laughs> that, not. that is false. <laughs> it will be Jonathan Taylor. It will be. This is not going to be an Eagles situation because the Eagles did not have a Jonathan Taylor on that roster. They had Miles Sanders, who every week they would have a two-hour coaches meeting. How can we not get Miles Sanders the ball? <laughs> totally different with Jonathan Taylor. You have to admire that kind of commitment. You do. But Jonathan Taylor will lead this league. Next question, Denny. Jonathan Taylor. Will lead this <laughs> no, no. Sorry. Continue. I don't know, man. I just I feel like the situation is so toxic. I I, I hedge big time on on being like, oh, everything will be fine. With Taylor, no, everything won't be fine with Jonathan Taylor. I think there's still a chance he just won't play, or the team will say, no thanks, we don't want you. We don't want you around. Or I think it could be, that won't happen, but it could be maybe like a maybe a suspension by another name where they that's right. start, start him on the pup list to begin yes, the year. Yes, that, that's what games. I'm talking That sort of eventuality yeah. where he it doesn't matter. I don't care what happens. He's not going to play because the team's – pissed about how he's handled things and i also want to be clear jonathan taylor obviously should be making more money obviously should be paid I, but that but, the, but that's, not, that. that's not the situation though that's not that we have to talk about the actual reality rather than what we want i don't think that will happen for the sole reason i don't think it will start on the public because they they don't want to hurt anthony richardson and for anthony richardson's development i think they will want jonathan taylor out there absorbing contact absorbing touches so there's not so much pressure on Anthony Richardson to begin his career, but it, it is tough. It, it, whatever the opposite of kumbaya is, that is what this is. It's, 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 it's really a bad ugly. trip. It's really ugly. I mean, J.K. Dobbins, do you feel good about J.K. Dobbins? He's practicing again. It seems like his, his is the same deal, or it seems more about contract than health. But unlike Jonathan Taylor, it seems like you know, they're, they're, they're still speaking to each other. They're shaking each other's hands. Yeah. They're practicing. Uh, so you're, you're not very worried about J.K. Dobbins, I take it. I'm not as worried, no. Uh, and, and also, I mean, Dobbins doesn't have any leverage at all. So that no. that actually works in the favor of a fantasy manager who wants to draft Dobbins, thinking, oh, "I hope he plays. He'll play. He has no he has no other choice. He's been hurt for two years." Denny, who purports on Twitter to support workers' rights and is yet celebrating the fact that J.K. Dobbins not, has no leverage, curious. I'm just acknowledging reality. It's true. He has zero leverage, like about as little leverage as you will ever see in a contract. There, there actually is a, a, no comparable situation where a player who has been hurt for two years, who has 1,500 total yards in the NFL 
after three seasons is saying, I want a new contract. Nobody, no one's given that to you. You understand, because we said we understand why it, it's a very sensible thing for him to do. Sure. But unfortunately, the reality is, yeah, the, the Ravens do not have to react. And the, and the Ravens really like him. Harbaugh. You so know. the Ravens are doing what the Colts should have done, which yeah. neither team is going to do anything, but the Ravens are doing it with a smile. Whereas the Colts, like, like yes. literally the owner brought him on his bus and lectured him. Like, not really a good approach. for this His smelly bus. Yes. No, the bus that is routinely wrecked with foul, foul smells. Um, we won't get into what causes those. But I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think until you get some clarity, I just, I just feel like you're taking a huge chance. Unless he starts really slipping. Taylor. I'm talking about Taylor. Unless he starts really slipping in drafts. Then you can kind of seize that, but whew, I just I can't take him in the second. No way. I think I can. Um, the upside is just so immense. And is it unlike Brees Hall? If he plays, he, I, it's twenty touches when he's playing from the jump. Uh, I don't and know. If it, is it immense? It's a, it with is a, immense. I mean, he's with a, he's with, one of with the rushing quarterback. Yeah, because I mean, now team defenses are scared of the rushing quarterback. They got eyes on him, opening up running lanes. They got a, one of those like pop a shot offenses where you might not be live in fear of the passing game, but you do live in fear of the deep ball. And when you're living yeah. in fear of the deep ball and the quarterback rushing, I feel like that could create like a perfect storm of rushing running lanes for John, as long as it's functional. Like not if they're like third and seven every series, which could be the reality of the early season Colts offense, but. I do think it could actually be a pretty good setup for Jonathan Taylor. I will say Anthony Richardson's ability to keep plays alive and to not take sacks, which he excelled at in college, could create like a positive fantasy environment for the Colts that we we're not forecasting right now. No. And, yeah. and I, I'm talking about for the whole offense, you know, not just one specific play, a player. Obviously, Richardson would would benefit from that, but you know, a sustained drives the, that that sort of thing, right? Where where you you would get more out of a Taylor, you get more out of a Pittman, maybe than I than I'm you know uh, uh, guessing. Matt Ryan would never quote just sustain a drive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He would not do it last year. The opposite of that. Did he not a major deal? T.J. Hawkinson's been missing practice time with an ear infection, which we're not actually concerned about, but I just thought. Made it a good moment to highlight the fact that TJ Hawkinson is going as like, like the unquestioned tight end three. And yeah, just that I find that kind of insane uh, for a guy who's, whose ceiling campaign was last year. And it was just because he kept catching seven yard passes and just horrifically inefficient. It was like the definition of a PPR scam uh, 60 catches for 519 he averaged under nine yards per catch, which is, like almost impossible unless you're a running back. Yeah. Like, even for like a tight end, averaging under nine yards per catch is like almost impossible. Uh, he, four years, we never saw this in Detroit. We saw it for one really small sample size in Minnesota. They use a first round pick on a wide receiver. Are, are we uh, yeah. too excited about TJ Hawkinson as the tight end? Three? Uh, I think so. The only times I've taken Hawkinson in best ball or in redraft is when he slips uh, and, and, he, and he's starting to do that because of the lack of practice and because of, uh, I think, you know, the, the other guys People are refusing to open their minds like me in the, in the other guys on the board. But I, I, I will say that, that the, the massively pass heavy nature of this Minnesota offense is, is going to buoy him. And even you're right. I mean, like it's a Zach Ertz, like catch and fall down situation for Hawkinson. But hey, that's a, that's a scam, and we'll take our scams where we can get them. 
We will take our scan. I just think that this is not going to be – I think the TJ Hawkinson we saw, I think it may have said so, it was 10 games for the Vikings last year. It's just not the TJ Hawkinson we're going to see this year. I think that was like a like a one-time like personnel-based thing where they desperately needed like a viable guy to just move the chains, basically. Yeah. So that was all he did was move the chains. He was not making big plays. He was not scoring touchdowns. They went and addressed that with Jordan Addison in the very first round of the draft. I, I, th- yeah. I think people are drafting a version of TJ Hawkinson that ex- – so they think, all right, it's not Lions TJ Hawkinson anymore. It's, it's Vikings TJ Hawkinson. I just think that version of Vikings TJ Hawkinson no longer even exists. And, yeah. and this yeah. is – I think there's no ceiling whatsoever mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. him. Is that Maybe there's a very high floor, which is fine, but that there's absolutely no ceiling with TJ. As I – Someone's going to roll the tape at the end of the year when he has 1,200 yards or whatever. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts is going about 20 picks after Hawkinson. I find that pretty egregious. I, I would, if, if I had to choose between Pitts at his current ADP versus Hawkinson at his, it's Pitts all day. Even a guy like Evan Ingram uh, going uh, with uh, 37 picks after Hawkinson. I mean, Ingram could outscore uh, Hawkinson this year. You if know. I had to choose between TJ Hawkinson and Kyle Pitts of their current ADPs, I would just I would send a group text to my league. Should we, should we just remove tight end from the Oh, league? come on. Wait, you're out on Pitts <laughs> at his depressed ADP? I'm out on Pitts because I don't think – Desmond Ritter, I think, can maybe – he could maybe literally not hit the broadside of a barn. But what about what about t- Taylor Heineke, starter? Taylor Heineke, they seriously, they there was the class. I think I've used this joke in the show where they would actually bring the barn out on the field. Oh, so like if you hit this, it's a touchdown, and then he could not. Come the only on. way he ever did was like if he was getting sacked. If he's getting sacked, then he like would like make some insane throw and it'd be a big gain. But no, so Taylor, you so, so you are like Kelsey Andrews or late round. Yeah, yeah, that is accurate. Actually, I like Dallas Goddard. Actually, I take Dallas Goddard a lot in the mid rounds. Because uh, I feel like he he's you know he's just come tantalizingly close to that ceiling season like every year. Uh, I, the, the setup it remains so perfect with the Eagles for Dallas guy. I think Goddard is going to be the guy who vaults into like the top three or four this year. And I, I I could see that happening because look, if the Eagles are actually going to have to play in the second half this year, most likely, rather than like last year where they yanked their starters with you know it. it at the end of the third quarter, yeah, you know? every game. So, so we're we're, we're going to see more of the starters actually playing more pass attempts, um, and that would be great, obviously for for Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, but also for Goddard. Do you want to talk about Mike Jacecki and Hunter Henry, or or no? Uh, I mean, just the folks should know that Jacecki hurt his shoulder, uh, m- may or may not be ready for Week One. We'll see. Uh, I like Hunter Henry straight up anyway. So I, yeah, because it, it doesn't really change anything. My Hunter Henry take this remains that one of the huge innovations Bill O'Brien is going to make in the Patriots offense is that the players will have roles. Yeah. They will actually know what they're doing. And then Hunter Henry better late than never will be the established red zone weapon for the Patriots. Right. And he's going to score seven to eight touchdowns, which is pretty valuable tight end. It's, it's and, all you need. All you're looking for, honestly, in that part of the draft, you're just looking yeah, yeah, yeah. for some touchdown equity. And that's what you get with Henry. Most likely Mike Jacecki as a Pat just screams like the biggest bust, like a, an even bigger bust than Mike Jacecki as a dolphin last year. Oh, yeah. Bill Belichick is going to have absolutely no use for this guy. No, like, He's going to be like, get out there and block. Yeah, no, he's going to have zero use for Mike to say. He's going to like have like 
He thought he had the buyer's remorse of Jonu Smith. He's going to see Mike Jacecki. He's like, <laughs> he's just covering his face. CBS, the CBS camera's like, Bill's been covering his face the entire game. It's kind of weird. And he's just so ashamed that he has Mike Jacecki yeah. on his the, team. The words get him out of there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when I think of Belichick and Mike Jacecki. Yeah, I don't know what the thought process was there. And he's going to go nuts now again as we say that. But no. it was the first weekend of the preseason. I don't know. Things didn't really pop off that much. We got a huge game from Tank Dell. We got some nice runs from Zach. The way people were tweeting about Zach Charbonnet, like, oh, man, he must have had like eight carries for 89 yards in the second half of his game. It was like four carries for like 10 yards. But he, yeah. like, dumped, he like dump trucked the same third team defender twice. <laughs> um, so people were going nuts over that. Yes, they were. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, who uh, took advantage of the defense, literally not being able to see him. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, do you have I, any other preseason? You're going to talk about Justin Fields. Are there any other players getting steamed over the weekend? Did I miss anyone there? I mean, I just I just want to say on, on, on Deuce Vaughn, uh, the film watchers have been telling us. They've been telling us that uh, nothing will stop Deuce Vaughn. Like you, like, you can try, but you can't, and you won't. And I'm starting because to Because you literally him. cannot see him. I'm starting to buy. I don't, you know, the analytics of not being able to see a very small running back. I don't know. I don't know those <laughs> analytics. Okay. But I know that it worked the other night. And I, and, and this guy was wildly productive in college. Right. And, and for me, that, that's what matters. That's why I, that's why I like Dwayne McBride as, as the, the running back insurance in Minnesota. He was productive. Like I want guys who like have done it and, and no one, uh, almost no one did it as like Deuce Vaughn did at Kansas State. So I, from a zero RB perspective, I'm starting to see Deuce Vaughn as a can't leave draft without him kind of guy. Well, in the analytics on five foot seven Kansas State running backs having amazing NFL careers, especially in PPR, is 100%, as we know with Darren Sproles. Well, with Sproles, so it is analytics. There you Deuce go. Vaughn will be on. I mean, Tank Dell, where are you at on Tank Dell? Uh, where I. We, Pat Crane, you know, we talked about the concept of a drumbeat player with him. Where, like, yeah. Hype starts early in the offseason and never stops. Like, he's a drumbeat player for sure. Where you know, had the narrative, CJ Shroud said, we got to get Tank Dell. Tank Dell, like, desperately wanted to go there. He explosively productive for the University of Houston. He blows up spring practices. He's blowing up training camp practices. He blows up his first preseason game. Are we excited? Are we, is it to the point where Tank Dell is, like has to be drafted in every twelve team redraft league. I think I think he should. I think he should be. But I mean, his all of his production came against the second and third team defense, and the passes were not coming from C.J. Stroud; they were coming from Davis Mills. Okay, so uh, I and Robert Woods wasn't active, and one other receiver whose name I can't think of for the Texans was not active. That was troubling. The Robert Woods, Bob Woods, they're protecting the. The, the veteran slot guy. Yeah. Which, which makes sense. Robert Woods doesn't need I, these reps. I just, I, I, I do think that expectations are probably going to be ridiculous for Tank Dell entering week one. Um, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on, on, on that situation. I, so, yeah, it, it's, it's like it could be a classic letdown situation, but like the hype is real. It, this isn't like fantasy manager created. Like this is like, right. th- there's hype here because like he has actually been earning it and the, he's been getting hyped by the coaching staff. Yeah. Yes, yes. So. We and, and and that's worth noting. And that's why I think that he should be kind of a bench stash. Uh I think especially like he's he strikes me as a great pick if you went in went all in on running back in the first two or three rounds, and by the late rounds, you're just scooping up guys who could emerge as decent, you know, receiver options to, to plug in. Tank Dell strikes me as as that as a perfect 
uh, fit for that sort of uh, roster build. So before there was Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall and Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott, there was Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. We thought coming into the year, you know, Kenneth Walker had shown he did not need any competition in the Seahawks backfield and that he was the new bell cow, but then entered day two pick Zach Charbonnet, who we thought was going to be injured, ended up only missing like 10 days or something, came back, was impressive in the Seahawks, not in the box score, but was impressive on the the film. You've never watched a game, so never. you wouldn't know. That. I never will. What do you make of the Seahawks backfield? And this is one I find, you know, understandably so, very, very tough to predict. The word vexing uh, comes to mind. I am I am totally vexed over what to do with the Seahawks running backs. I mean, you can't trust Pete Carroll with these injuries, right? He says he says uh, Charbonnet is out indefinitely. He was practicing three days later when he made it sound like Kenneth Walker's injury was minor, and he's not practicing still. And he's not. I don't know. I don't. I you know. I I guess. I mean, in a vacuum, I want Walker. You know, if their if their ADPs are going to be very similar, I'd, I'd want Walker, but. I understand sure. taking Charbonnet as as a as a guy who you know could actually like inch his way into a lead back role, perhaps if Walker continues to miss time. I I'm trying to pin. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I think is I think still the line like the the one A in the committee is Ken Walker. I don't really think that's up for debate. It's just a matter of the the one B role is enough touches for Zach Charbonnet to really basically cripple Kenneth Walker as an RB two. And I, I think I still trust Kenneth Walker as an RB2. Or this just seems like a lot of C- Seahawks sound and fury to me. And I still think Zach Charbonnet was more about them just being like, like they were caught so empty handed when Kenneth Walker got hurt last year. And their running back depth was just so bad, not a situation they're used to. And it's kind of more about making sure that never happens again. He's going to get touches, but I just think it'll be still more in like the DJ Dallas, Travis Homer vein. I have a hard time believing it's really going to cripple Kenneth Walker's RB2 case, but people are very bullish on Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. Yeah. People really, really like him. And, and, you know, I think the Seahawks actually will be more balanced and or run heavy this year. I I, I don't think that they want to do this thing where they let it fly with Geno Smith. No, they really don't. I mean, that's been kind of, but it is weird. They used the, then a first round pick on a wide receiver. Curious. I know. I, I absolutely have agreed with that take, though, that they, even though it worked way better than anyone expected, that they don't want to use that formula again. That Their plan was never, ever to make it rain with Geno Smith and 35 <laughs> pass attempts per game. I just I just can't imagine that that's, that's what they want to do. Like, let's let's just let Geno cook the whole season. I, so, so somebody, one of these Seattle running backs is going to really, really pay off, I think, for some, for whoever – Drafts them. That is, and that's why I'm trying to get a little exposure to both. But I really don't have like a hard and fast take where I'm like, I'm taking this guy and not that guy. My hard and fast take is that I am comfortable with Kenneth Walker as a top 18 running back still. Okay. And that I'm not really terribly concerned about Zach Charbonnet. Man, we'll, we'll see. But uh, he did dump truck that guy twice. You wanted, <laughs> you wanted to talk about the Bears offense. Yeah. Because they made some really big plays. They made really big plays last year. That was a little interesting. Like people, are like, oh, it's preseason. Like it's all yak. Like kind of dumb. But like, you know, it wasn't interesting. See, the, the the Bears were back on their bleep in the preseason. That's right. Um, but but it was a different kind of bleep, Pat. Uh, Justin Fields, 129 yards and two touchdowns on a grand total of three pass attempts, uh, which is which is a lot. And 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 just so folks are aware, if you haven't seen the highlights, um, the air yards on those three attempts. Uh, were as follows negative two 
negative two and negative three. Those were the air yards on the three. Bring the A dot down. Okay. Here's the thing, though. People, oh whoa, just that. That's fluky. Uh, you know, this is this is this is bad news for Justin Fields. No, no, no. It's it's actually great news, and and here's why. Uh, last year, and this is according to Sharp Football Analysis, only twenty five percent of Justin Fields' pass attempts were at or behind the line of scrimmage. That ranked thirty fifth among thirty nine qualifying wow. quarterbacks. Uh, basically, they had him throwing downfield uh, at a, at a at a high clip, almost the highest in the league. He threw the uh, fourth most uh, passes that traveled 20 yards uh, down the field and the fifth most that traveled at least 10 yards down the field. So they were asking him to make low percentage, volatile kind of throws, um, you know, the kind that he really excelled at in high, at Ohio State, but obviously the NFL is totally different. They didn't give him anything easy, nothing easy for Justin Fields last year. It, it, it all had to come. You, you, he had to grind for it. He had to work for every single pass, every single completion he had. That's not the case. That was not the case in this preseason game. If we get more of that, especially with DJ Moore in the mix, who's fantastic after the catch, as we saw the other day, I think that that's fantastic news. We could get some easy passing points and production from Justin Fields, which we did not have at all in 2022. Man, that is a really good observation. It would be one of the keys like for like – that would need to be – like one of the things that had to happen for like a Justin Fields like supernova season, which yes. I guess we already had. A, I guess I should say another Justin Fields supernova season, but we know that it just can't happen only on the ground again this year. That 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 won't work. I mean, opposing defenses just aren't going to let that happen again. The That's adjustment right. will be made. I mean, the Bears understand that with the offseason personnel moves they made. Uh, small sample size, but it was very very encouraging to see. I think it, I think it was. I. I, look, Justin Fields haters—they're—they're they're gonna hate. Okay, like, like they're like nothing's gonna change their mind at this point. That and and they'll say, "Oh, Justin Fields, even his screen passes were bad." Whatever. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to talk about the accuracy of his screen passes. They were caught. <laughs> they went for long touchdowns. I don't know really what you want out of the Bears' offense, but really good offenses—they—they—they they, they throw at and around the line of scrimmage. The Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs—these teams do that. If we can get some of that with the Bears, yes, please. I'm going. I'm, I'm my my Justin Fields more stacks are going to enjoy that. I think. Why were you and Zach Kruger texting me constantly Saturday? By the way, to draft Calvin Austin. What was that all about? Um, <laughs> that, was that was that more Zach led or was that you? That was more Zach led. Calvin Austin is a rookie for the for the Steelers, and uh, he's he's making. He's a, he might be a second year guy. I can't remember oh, actually. Maybe. He's turning. He's turning heads. He's turning heads, folks, and. Allen Robinson maybe cooked, so maybe maybe he sneaks in there as a as fantasy relevant at some point. He's a young guy. He is a second year guy. But I think maybe he was hurt last year. I can't remember what the deal is with Calvin Austin, but he he is a, a preseason rising player. Did you might not have anything? Did you see any Jordan Love? I know you've got a lot invested in I, this. I, I did. I did. It was it was not totally discouraging. What did you think? You you, you were encouraged, huh? Wow. I, I mean, I wasn't discouraged. Is what I'm saying. I, it's not like, oh God, like uh, you know, he's a disaster. Obviously, Sean Clifford will take the job by week five. <laughs> I've seen like, uh, the the meme now on on Twitter about Jordan Love is that no one has ever loved Loft as much under their passes, and then I can't remember who it was maybe Charles McDonald uh, about that he really gives the safety time to close, and he's really doing the safeties a solid with this Loft. It would it would be good if he put a little more zip on it, like not every pass has to be fluttered and i'm hoping that's not just how he throws the ball 
because that'd be a problem. The reminder that the last time Jordan Love played football for a full season, he had 20 touchdowns and 17 picks. Anything about? Did you see anything with Sam Howell? By the way, I mean, we we were uh, on the road. We didn't get to see nearly as much of the preseason. Yeah, as we were but like. it's it's check down city with 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 Sam Howell. Like that that that's all it's going to be. Like there there will be nothing downfield if Terry McLaurin is going to get there. And I, and I don't I don't hate Terry McLaurin's ADP. By the way, so you just um, told me to take Terry McLaurin and no, I I, 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 did. I said I don't hate it. I like I, I you know. <laughs> And and so, but it's going to be a lot of short stuff. There's going to have to be a lot of yak in order for a guy like McLaurin to get there. Uh, Sam Howell's not throwing, at least in this preseason game. I think his A dot was like six. Yeah, it was so low, real, real low. It was low. Well, that was a nice spin through the news. It's really really good to have actual news humming. We'll be back on Thursday for more news. We'll be looking ahead. We won't really be looking ahead to the preseason weekend, but maybe we'll talk about some players we want to see preseason week two. We should hopefully see a few more starters that we did in preseason week one, but right, hopefully have some, some more new, hopefully not injury news between hopefully. now and Thursday. But we'll be back on Thursday for Denny Carter. I'm Patrick Darty. Thank you for listening. Catch you later this week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.